I have a very special guest today. Julian Espinoza is going to talk to us about how to grow a podcast with paid advertising, specifically social media advertising. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how this has become something that he has mastered. He helps podcasters grow their shows from hundreds of listeners to hundreds of thousands of listeners. And he's the founder of Growth Hacker, which is a company that finds and implements fast and cost-effective ways to do what's so important, which is generate more revenue. In addition, they have an amazing goal, which is to make sure that when they're generating that revenue, they're doing it as quickly as possible, making sure they're getting a return on investment with as little time as possible. And so we're going to talk a lot today about how to use all kinds of methods. But one of the things he specializes in is non-conventional, innovative ways to get your podcast out there. And so a big thing that he believes in is being open-minded and being willing to relentlessly test to determine which strategies will yield the best outcome. He is a veteran of advertising, e-commerce, internet marketing, and has over 15 years of experience that he brings to the table. But he's all in on podcasting. And so let's start there. First and foremost, Julian, welcome to the show. Billy, thanks for having me. I think I'm going to be hiring you as my host for my show. (laughs) I love it, man. Well, I appreciate the time. I thoroughly enjoyed our first conversation over Zoom a couple of weeks ago, and I instantly said, we need to talk. So you told me when we spoke that you were all in on podcasting. So why are you all in on podcasting? It's kind of one of those things where you sort of fell into it, but then I got sort of lucky. Um, I've My whole life, I felt like I've had a guardian angel looking out for me. And uh, some of the things that I've done in my life, I've just been really, really lucky. So skipping all the the luck part, <laughs> once I got into it, I realized that this form of marketing uh, and this form of expression is 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 the future. And audio is just really, really important. I mean, podcasting year over year is growing. The demand for content on demand is growing. And so things like Netflix, Hulu, those things have become popular, whereas TV and radio aren't as popular anymore. Mm. So we're just seeing a trend for on-demand content and podcast is a great form of expression. And I think we're just still, I mean, even though it's only, it's still been around for 20 years, I think we're still in the early days of podcasting. And I'm so excited to see where the future has. Yeah, I'm, I am too, man. And we are very much at the forefront, the, the beginning, even though it's a new industry. I mean, you could argue an old industry in that it's, you know, approaching 20 years. The reality is it's still in its infancy. When you look at other mediums like film and TV, have been around for nearly a century or over a century, it's still a baby. And you're right. On demand is really, I think the thing that everybody wants access to is content at their, at a moment's notice. So if you were starting a podcast today, right now, where would you invest most of your money? If you had money set aside, allocated for marketing and promotion, where directly within that bucket would you drive that money? You know, I'd work with someone like an organization like your company, not to promote you directly, but I'd work with someone else other than yourself to work on the strategy for your show. I -hmm. think your show strategy is incredibly, incredibly important. It caused me almost over a year, probably 12 to 14 months that I had to re-record my first whole season because I just, just didn't have the right strategy. And when I went to listen to my episodes that I had recorded, over over the several months, 
I had realized that it just it, it wasn't a good show. It just wasn't a good show. And it required me to go back to the drawing board. I could have saved so much time if I could have hired like a professional or I could have hired someone at least on the strategy side. Let's say you're like kind of a do-it-yourselfer. I'm a do-it-yourselfer. I do everything myself. But if I would have just hired someone to help me strategize, what should I be doing with this podcast? One of my favorite episodes on my podcast is with John Lee Dumas. He has this beautiful concept. He goes, if you don't have the best solution to a real problem, don't start a podcast. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. There's so much in there, and we can unpack that later, but that's where I would start. I would start with strategy and spending the right time on figuring out what your show is and how it can be unique in this busy, noisy marketplace. Oh man, I, it's so funny you mentioned that. I literally released a YouTube video yesterday that says that exact quote, which is, you know, find the best solution to your customer or to your listener's biggest problem. And I love that. And it's so true. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you go back to content, which would be really easy for you to say, it's all about the marketing and promotion strategy. But you're saying, no, you got to start with the content itself. Why is that? Why is content so key to the marketing strategy? Because if you don't have that, you could be putting a mask on bad content. I'm curious your thoughts. You're right on the money and you've asked like sort of one of the most critical questions. So we're podcast marketers, our company, as you mentioned in, in the beautiful intro you did, I'm going to go take a copy of that intro <laughs> and, and, and put that on my show somewhere. But to your point, if I'm going to market a show, it's got to be a good show. It really, really does. I won't take on a client unless we really have a show. There's a group that I work with. I'm going to give a shout out to Dan Miser with Pacific Content. They're, they're a podcast creator as well. And he said, a listener first show mm. where you're putting the listener first. If you don't do that, when I go to marketing, my marketing results aren't going to be good. And so it's it's my name online. It's my reputation. I'm new in the podcast industry. Like I'm only about like a year and a half, two years at the most into podcasting. I don't want the first thing. I, I don't want a customer to have really negative results. I want every customer to just destroy it. And so I go through a vetting process. I will listen to the show. I'll spend the time even before the customers paid me any money mm -hmm. just to determine it's a good show because I can't market a good show. It just won't produce the results that I've been producing for these other clients. So it doesn't make sense to start with marketing in mind. It makes sense to start to solve a problem for your customer. That's where mm -hmm. it makes the most sense. So, so brilliant that you're tapping into this key concept. And, and also it makes sense, right? As somebody that gets paid to do the marketing and promotion and to get the, the show from, as, as, as I said at the front, from hundreds of listeners to hundreds of thousands of listeners, it stands to reason that you want to work with the right content creators, the right podcasters. What else, in addition to making sure that the show solves the problem, what else are you looking for? Are you looking for the it factor? Are you looking for other components, trending factors, genres? Like, what are the other key components that you think about when you're thinking about the quality of the show? You know, it's a good question. I, I wish I had probably had a better answer for this, but a lot of it's gut, man. It's, mm -hmm. It just comes down to gut and, and knowing that the show really is solving a problem or interesting or entertaining, right? We can go the other way and like we sure. can provide entertainment. Is it truly interesting? And I think sort of my barometer is right now, it's like, would I listen to this show? 
And if I wouldn't listen to the show, I just wouldn't too. I, Billy, I've been around for way too long. I've had many customers, many campaigns fail at this point where I am at in my career and sort of what I want to put out into the world. It's, I don't want to market uh, an organization. I don't want to market a a product. I don't want to market a podcast that really isn't truly focused on making something great. Mm -hmm. I want to work with the best. You know, that's just where I'm at. And unfortunately I can't work with a lot of people. Uh, I will be eventually putting a course out um, around uh, how to do this at a smaller level. But for the time attention that it goes into to making this thing successful, you got to really have really good, I call it IP, intellectual mm-hmm. property. You got to have really good intellectual property. It, it, it's a gut It's a gut feeling. It just yeah. ask yourself, can you listen to this show <laughs> on, it, on its own? And would, if, you would, if you would listen to it on its own, it probably passes a high bar of quality content. Makes sense, right? And if you have that litmus test that you put out there, would I listen to the show? Would I enjoy this show? Trust your gut, trust your instincts and find that that IP that you believe in and that you are willing to put your own name behind because that's what it comes down to. So I want to talk about your secret recipe, your specialty. Walk us through your domain expertise because obviously you're drawing on, maybe you talk a little bit about your backstory because I only scratched the surface. Maybe if you've only been in the podcast space a year and a half, two years, but you have over a decade, 15 years plus experience understanding and learning how to market, promote, and maybe you can walk us through a little bit about that piece of your knowledge, but then also now that you're in the podcast space, where are you diving into most? Yeah, this all started in a really interesting place. It started in direct response marketing. We started where we were doing banner ads for real estate agents on a real estate website back in 2005, 2006. That's where my career started. So I inherently had to develop innate ability to come up with compelling ad copy that would get people to click. And that Mm -hmm. required us to really go into an understanding an audience, understanding what they care about. And it kind of made us dive deep into marketing and psychology and all those things. So that's where my career started. And then as you know, the the internet evolved. I had a really long stint in SEO, probably too long (laughs) of a a game (laughs) and and, and search engine optimization. But I hung out with with that idea for a while. Then I flipped over to social media. And then obviously, I started Poppy Digital a few years ago for this. And then I started the Growth Had podcast. We'll be hitting about a year uh, here soon. And what I've learned over this spectrum of time is that there's so many ways to market things. There's so many ways to go about it. It's like, everyone's like, okay, you should be on YouTube. You should have a podcast. You should have a Snapchat. You should have Instagram. You should have a Facebook. You should be going on LinkedIn Live. You should be going on Facebook Live. Like, I mean, it's just overwhelming. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? It's like it is. It is. And 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 you gotta understand as a digital marketer, you feel really guilty of not being everywhere. <laughs> um it, it, it's totally a, get that. it's a huge guilt trip that you have, especially you know, a person who reports on the latest growth hacks and reports about all these channels. So what we've done is I sort of developed this ideology and this thing about how I believe marketing should be done. I believe we should find the most fast and cost-effective ways to revenue. That's Mm -hmm. where my ideology is. That is just something I inherently developed on my own after doing this for so many years. Then you start to think about, okay, let's just use podcasts as an example. What's the fastest and most cost-effective way to gain listeners, right? And give some context, the 
world of podcast marketing, it's really not very sophisticated because as you mentioned, you can call the industry old or you can call it new. I like to call it new just because the explosion of podcasts has really taken off in the last few years. Sure. But the marketing sophistication behind it and the tools and the softwares and everything behind it, it's very, very new. And when you compare it to something like e-commerce, like all this stuff looks archaic because we're using things in the podcast industry that I was doing back in 2005 in digital marketing for e-commerce. So That's like, crazy. you know, it's just really, it, it hasn't sophisticated. And so part of it is the industry is new, but the other thing is inherently speaking, the medium of a podcast is audio based format. There is no visuals and there's no visual representation of anything other than your cover art. And maybe if you have a website, that's it. There isn't, there isn't anything to market. Like you don't have anything. And unless like you're interviewing like a big name guest, like maybe Joe Rogan, Barack Obama, unless you're interviewing someone truly great, the visual isn't going to be that sexy, right? Mm. Unless they're that famous person. And so you know, if you your face and my face, if we put this like on some sort of ad and we ran some budget to to, to this, I doubt a lot of people are going to click on this. I'm not that good looking. I think you're a pretty good looking guy. I click on you, but I, I just don't think people would click on us. It's just not that yeah, interesting. To totally get that. Yeah. So what you have to figure out is, okay, well, if there is nothing inherently visual, right? And and we need we need visuals. What do you do? Well, I got very, very lucky many, many, many years ago that I met uh, a bundle of really creative people. It's kind of one of those guardian angel things where someone was looking out for me and I met these team of really solid creative. And I sort of brought them on board over time. And really, I've learned that we can create beautiful visual representations of what's happening in an audio podcast visually. And we use motion graphics, we can use 3D, we can do some really, really cool and fun looking things. And that's sort of where we are very unique in this space. There's only a few people on the planet that consider themselves paid social media podcast marketers. And no one's doing what we're doing. We're very, very unique in creating these visual representations of what's happening in a podcast visually. Mm. And because of that, it, it's provided some really interesting uh, places. So going back to the idea of what's the lowest investment, what's the most fast and cost-effective way to revenue, or in this case, listeners, it's using social media to get new listeners because it is so inexpensive as of today to get clicks to, to click over. If you have a really good podcast, you have really good visuals, we get clicks over and listens for under 50 cents per listen. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about the industry and you're killing, killing the game, I mean, like this is the top of the industry in podcast marketing. The best I've ever seen is 80 cents. On average, it's closer to $1.50 per listen. So the fact that we're like destroying it with, with our worst numbers is crazy. I've, I've gotten a podcast as low as 8 cents per listen. Amazing. And yeah, it's been absolutely unbelievable. So this is sort of where we've etched ourselves and cornered this particular place in the marketplace. So one of the things that stood out when you were talking is the idea of creating a visual representation of a audio podcast, a podcast, right? 
And to your point, you put up, it doesn't have to be you or me. It could be anybody. If you're not recognizable, people are not going to click most likely. So what you need to do is give them some kind of other eye candy. Okay. If the person's not the eye candy, what is the eye candy? And what you've zeroed in on is creating really, really strong visual representations of a podcast. What have you learned on the way? Like, what are some of the things? Because clearly you, you, you're doing what very few people are doing. And, and I definitely encourage people to reach out to you and your team to see what you can offer. But I'm sure you can't handle everybody. But so somebody listening right now or watching right now, what could they learn through you from your experience as you've done trial and error, doing exactly what I've just described and what you've just described? So there's a, there's a few places to start and, and we'll start out like in the first step of my process. You can, by the way, this is, uh, my process is virtually documented uh, on my website. If you go to poppydigital.com and you click on services and you click on podcast marketing, you'll see the steps in the process. So the first thing that you have to identify is what I refer to as a keystone episode. In other words, it's an episode that on average gets double than the average amount of listens that your episode get. So let's say you're getting 50,000 listens, you should be getting 80 to 90 to 100,000 listens on this particular episode. After you've identified that, depending upon what kind of podcast it is, is it a is it like an entertainment podcast that is like very interesting, very funny, uh, is it informative? Is it value driven? Is it just intriguing or maybe something around mental wellness and mindfulness or something. What you're looking for through that episode, and you have to listen to these things multiple, multiple times, you have to identify segments um, in that episode. So somewhere in, I don't know, 15 to 45 to 50 seconds of a clip, you have to identify that. And so what I do is I usually identify about five to eight different clips inside of that. And then I circle those clips around my team, we circle around maybe some people outside the industry, and we just kind of gather some information on which clip would be the most intriguing to mm -hmm. people. Once you've identified the popular clips, you go into the design phase. So what you're going to do, and most people who can't afford top-end motion graphic designers who are over $100 to $200 an hour, go to Fiverr, jump on Fiverr. And what you're going to do is you're going to test out between two to three different designers don't whenever I go on Fiverr, I never go with the idea that I'm going to buy one thing. I'm going to buy the same thing from three different people. That's how I, mm -hmm. I use Fiverr. By totally. The way. Anyways, so you submit the clip, the audio bite, you give them the transcript as well. I always recommend doing that. And you give it to two or three guys on Fiverr. And the idea is for them to produce an asset and a visual representation of what's going on in the podcast. What you do then is hopefully you've done this process a few times by now, and you have about three minimum to five different clips that are fully ready, like beautiful, ready to go clips. What I can do is actually I can share with you and maybe we can put it, I can put up on the website somewhere, this link in this format about what the clip should look like. It has like a call to action across the top. It's got the captions at the bottom. And then in the middle, it's got this visual representation of what's going on. Anyways. Once you do that, then you go and test those clips to see which clips are the most clicky, which ones mm -hmm. get you the best cost per click. After you've identified that, then you go run audience targeting, different audiences. What's my best clicking audience? And then from there, you optimize. At that point, you should be able to optimize with the best clips, with the best audiences, and you keep rinsing and repeating. And then as you publish new episodes, 
you start bringing those in and testing different episodes and eventually leading to yourself to the lowest cost per click asset that you have in the lowest cost per click audience. And hopefully if you've done this enough times, you should be under 50 cents. It makes perfect sense. So I have a couple of questions to help clarify and, and make sure that I, I, I'm tracking with you. I totally get you find this keystone episode. So let's start there. Is the keystone episode, because clearly you're going to go through and you're going to find the clips within the keystone. Is it the person? Is it the quality of the episode? Like what are the things, is it the actual clips that you're listening for? What's we're, most important, you think? Yeah, we're listening to the most attention-grabbing, intriguing, provocative parts of it. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. um, we we have a show that we work on. It's called Donnie Brasco. Hopefully, everyone's seen the movie from the late 90s with Johnny Depp uh, sure. and Al Pacino. It's a mafia, New York mafia movie. Anyways, one of the most provocative clips that performed the best for us was the explanation of what happens when you sleep with or you touch aggressively or anything, the wife of a mobster or of a mate of a made man. And you could imagine what would happen and mm. uh, uh, what's, what's going to happen to that person. <laughs> uh, it, it's yeah. not a pretty sight. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was by far one of our most popular clips in that. So you're looking for something truly, truly, really interesting, provocative. You're looking for something thought provoking. You're looking for something that just goes, whoa. Sure. I want to listen to this. That makes perfect sense. So is there, as you think about, like you want this provocative type of clip that makes people yearn and really want to listen, aside from the clip itself, is there anything else that you add into it? Meaning, do you add, I guess part of me is wondering, do you add any other either narration or description or is it just the clip? That's part one. And then part two is, do you ever show the actual people having the conversation or is it all just a visual representation? Yeah. Again, the caveat here is if it's not Barack Obama, <laughs> don't, uh, don't show you, you have to be a really famous person to really justify showing who this, uh, showing someone. And if it's not that person, then don't waste your time. So it's always going to be the visual representation. Well, what do we add then there? We vacillate between adding different components. We'll add things like, Hey, if you found that interesting, come tune in and listen more. Um, mm. we'll, add, we'll add those things. We'll add in maybe some clarity because if you extract the clip, sometimes at, at a context, it might not work and the context from the clip might be too long. So you might have to like truncate things. And so you might re-record something. One other thing that can be done, I haven't played enough around it to, to be absolutely certain. I think it's just going to be one of those things that you just have to test. I also recommend doing a promo for the show. So what we were talking about is teasers. Teasers sure. are clips of an episode. Promos is something that you promote about the show. So as an example, let's say my show, Growth Hack, we would talk about the latest growth hack and I'd be talking about like what Snap, the latest growth hack on Snapchat versus saying something like, we bring you the latest growth hacks, come tune in, right? It's a different, it's, it's different. So you can also test the idea of a promo. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to do with the promo is you're going to write a script, 15 to 30 to 45 second script that should be really compelling as to get someone to listen to the show. So as an example, if we did it for Donnie Brasco, you might want to say, ever wondered what a mafia man does during the day? 
well, tune in here to find out now or something, you know, something mm-hmm, like sure. that. That's really, really interesting versus maybe saying at like the teaser saying, here's what happens to a man who touches the woman of a mafia made member. Right. So there's clips and teasers and you can test both. I would simply just to keep it simple. I would start with just teasers. See how far that gets you. If you can get under 50 cents, you're on your way. If you really want to push it, try doing a promo. If you're not successful on those teasers, then go do, try to do a promo. Um, and so I'd vacillate between both of those two. Yeah. Okay. That's super helpful. And I like the distinction between a promo and a teaser. Let's talk a little bit about the testing component of it. First of all, platform, are we talking Facebook? Are there other platforms you use? And then secondly, what goes into the testing? How are you doing that exactly? Absolutely. So there will be uh, a part two of this at some point. I'm sure you'll have me back to talk about the latest feature that Facebook has announced, and uh, they're going to hopefully roll out uh, something really special for uh, podcast marketing. So we'll, we'll we'll just our stay tuned crossed. for the next for the next episode of this. Yeah, I can't wait for that for whatever that might be. Right, but it, but in the short term, right now, um, some of the best places that you're going to be able to do this is on Facebook and Instagram. It's just where you're going to get the lowest cost attention right now uh, for the value and the sophistication of their ad platform. That's really why Facebook is so great. I mean, TikTok is a great platform right now, but they're just young and early with their ad tracking and all that kind of stuff. So they're not. They're not. They're. We're. We're just seeing the evolution of them building their ad platform where Facebook's have over a decade to building this ad platform. So they're just, they're just a little further ahead with it. And that's why it's much more effective to run this on a Facebook or an Instagram. Now, if your audience isn't there and you're targeting 14 year olds, then yeah, I would go to, I'd go to something like TikTok, right? And I'd go, I'd go where they are or Snapchat, wherever those, those audiences are. But generally speaking, most podcasts have uh, an audience that could be extend past uh, 14 year olds. So I would start with Facebook and I'd start with Instagram as your, your go-tos uh, and take it from there. I think you asked the question of what do you do with the podcast? Like what, what do you do when, when, when you set up your targeting? So what you're going to optimize for in the ad objective, you're going to optimize for traffic. When you optimize for traffic, then you're going to send to your podcast player. I, w- I would say to start out with, just to keep it simple for people, start off with anyone who has an iOS device. So you can do that in your targeting and send people to your Apple podcast, just to keep it simple, just Mm -hmm. to, to keep marketing and tracking and all that simple. But beyond that, big thing that you're going to do is you're going to first test your different clips. You need to test what clips and what, what is going to be most attention grabbing on Facebook and Instagram. Once you've identified the primary clip that is going to work well. And, and you might have some clips that like perform very similar and feel free to use multiple uh, if they all are clicking around the same cost per click. Then what you want to do is that you want to identify the best audience. And you're going to do that through some tracking. So let's just say, we'll keep it simple. We'll use my podcast growth hack. My audience and the most interesting, who's going to be most interested by this is probably digital marketers, entrepreneurs that are just starting out, and maybe chief marketing officers, CMOs. So I'm going to set up my targeting in that way and figure out, hey, do CMOs do better? Do digital marketers? Do entrepreneurs? Kind of what audiences are performing the best? And then from there, we can then refine the audience deeper and deeper down to what clip 
and what audience is going to perform the best. You know, as you're speaking, one of the things I'm thinking about is to a trained eye like yourself, you could probably pinpoint which which variable is missing the mark. Is it the show? Is it the actual piece of advertising asset? Is it the audience? But to an untrained eye, and this is probably why your initial advice when I said, where would you invest your money is go to hire some experts to do it. Makes perfect sense. If somebody still is stubborn and wants to do it themselves, do you have any advice to help to more clearly identify which of those levers may be missing the mark? You know, you just have to test each asset individually. And mm. it's just, it's kind of comes down to that, uh, the scientific method, right? You just have to test each variable. So what I say is start with uh, a wide audience. So the only thing that you're going to do when you start this is the only audience that you're going to pick the uh, iOS audience, because that's where you want to keep it simple. So you click iOS and then you'll let Facebook, like don't put age, don't put gender, don't pick anything unless like it's a podcast for like males and or a right. podcast for females and, and you need to do that, then that's okay. But I'd leave the everything blank and I would let Facebook determine which assets are performing best uh, on, on, on this audience. What you'll find is really interesting is the Facebook algorithm has really, really gotten, it's really gotten intelligent. It's really, really intelligent for many, many, many years we used what was for, referred to as detailed targeting. So that means like you're picking like, hey, this person likes coffee, this person likes yoga, this person is into sports or soccer or football. We used to use detailed targeting. At this point in this day, we're really not using detailed targeting anymore. We're mm. letting the algorithm sort of figure out its audience. Then we're creating lookalikes based on what it's figured out and based on website traffic. But the algorithm is so, because the algorithm is so smart, that's why I can almost let the let it pick whatever it wants. Now, let's say you had a really particular podcast. Let's say you're listening to say Julian, Billy, my podcast is so specific. I got to have I got to target orthopedic surgeons. Sure, yeah. Okay. All right, if if that's the case and you really really need to be that that narrow, then sure, start with that right away. But if you can afford to let to to have a little bit of a wider audience, let Facebook try and figure it out for you. So what will happen is once Facebook figures out um, the audience, they'll start optimizing for these clips. And then that's when you will identify which clip is the most successful thing. So after you test for that, then you can just test, okay, uh, I'm going to test out different audiences. So you test out different audiences, then test out different episodes. So you just have to test. You have to keep everything st- uh, static. You have to keep everything the same across the board and change one variable at a time. Sure, That's the best way to diagnose it on your own. That makes so much sense. I love that you said like kind of think of it in a scientific way. And the other thing you brought up, which was interesting and actually somewhat surprising is that even though Facebook has this robust targeting capabilities, you don't necessarily need to get so zeroed in. You do want to keep it somewhat wide, which is a great lead into the next topic, which I'm super curious about. Obviously, you know, robust, mature platforms like Facebook, Instagram do make a whole lot of sense. They're, they're great. I mean, they are bar none. You, you've said it and I've talked to others who sh- share the same sentiment. And then there are the platforms that focus on podcast listeners. They're the podcast players, uh, the cast box, the overcast, the player FM and so forth and so on. Spotify even. Curious if you've explored those 
and and what your thoughts are, and, and maybe maybe you, maybe you focus on your bread and butter, which is Facebook and, and Instagram. In which case, we'll go to the next question. But I'm super curious what your thought process is there because they're already there listening to podcasts, and most of these social media platforms, in fact, all of them, don't currently have the ability to listen to a podcast in the platform. But it's really easy if I'm on Castbox to go listen to another podcast because I'm already there. It is a good sentiment from what I have gathered in the industry and talking to a lot of professionals who are much, much brighter and and much more experienced in this podcasting world. I mentioned as low as 80 cents to $1.50. And that's for the people that are doing it really well. And what I'm referring to is your cost per listen, what it costs Mm -hmm. to acquire a new listener. The people that are doing it the best, 80 cents to $1.50 doing it the best. On average, though, people are spending way more for, for listeners. So from what I've gathered my, myself, I have not found that anyone's really figured out how to beat these other platforms that we're starting to use for podcast marketing. So to your point, I have not random myself. I'm just only had anecdotal information from the parties and sure. the people that I've asked and talked to about different podcast marketing strategies. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, look, you know, I think you 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 really touched on it, the key point, which is at the end of the day, a cost per listen is a cost per listen. And so where where are you getting if somebody said, Hey, I'm getting 20 cents when you do the math, and if they had a real, if that's substantiated with accuracy and you know that it's it's legit, it would probably open up your eyes. But you you've talked to a lot of people and you, you still believe that that kind of that 50 cent mark where you've hit and you've gotten as low as eight cents. So that's uh which will probably lead into you know thinking about the future in a minute. We'll talk about some trends as much as we can share here. What, what? T- but before we get there, what types of shows, and I'm talking genres, tend to yield the best conversion? And 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 the flip side of that is what types of shows get horrible conversion because there's there's either a crowded marketplace or other factors. What what factors go into the show itself? The shows that seem to do the best are entertainment based. Um, that provide entertainment value. Um, that that's just across the board. What I've seen uh, provide the lowest cost per clicks from a marketing standpoint. Gotcha. So as opposed to educational. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Uh, you know, I think we're we're uh, everyone's uh, tired of thinking, and people don't want to <laughs> think. And uh, I mean, just you know, kind of uh, what happens at the end of your day. Um, you know, I, I want to just turn off my brain for a little bit, just just a little bit. You know, I, I I'm I'm one of those that wants to strive for more. I, I'm incredibly ambitious, but I need to turn off my brain for the last thirty minutes to an hour. So I might walk, pick up a show like uh, The Office, or I might go watch the la- the next Mandalorian episode uh, on Disney Plus, or or mm-hmm. some something just to numb the brain just slightly. And uh, for maybe people who aren't as ambitious as you and I are. Um, maybe they just want to numb their brain while they're on their uh, ride to work, yeah. uh, while they're driving to see their mom two hours away. It's just just something to 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 numb the brain a little bit, and not have to think, and just kind of go, "Oh wow, that guy's life really sucks. That's so interesting," <laughs> you know. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of maybe uh, listening, learning a different language. I mean, there's there's really uh, my dad loves to listen to this app. I forget what it's called. And he likes to learn new languages on his drives. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, educating yourself constantly. I mean, you, your brain can only soak up so much in one day. So yeah, I could see why entertainment based podcasts just perform better. Makes sense, right? Information overload. We're constantly bombarded with more and more knowledge, skills, 
advice. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's sharing their wisdom and it could get a little bit overwhelming. Let's face it. Okay. What about, it's becoming, let's face it, it's becoming way more global. You, you talked earlier about how you were in SEO for a long time. And I know that Edison put out something that said that 74% of podcasts are found through search, which is fascinating. The other thing that's happening is more and more people are becoming podcast listeners from other parts of the world, including emerging markets all over the place. So how much have you um, studied that? I'm curious if you have any insights, especially as you look at core demographics that you're pulling audience in as you're doing your analytics, what are you finding in that realm? It's a good, it's a good point. Um, I, I personally haven't spent a ton of time, uh, listening to these cause, uh, most of, most of these shows are English, um, that I've been working on at least and their audiences that they're trying to target is in, in the U S. So I haven't had the, actually the opportunity, um, to go outside. I'd love to, I'm, I'm actually, uh, if you ha- can't tell with poppy digital, I'm Latino, I'm uh, Cuban and Peruvian. So I'd love to work on a Spanish show and nice. uh, crap crack that open and start figuring out what that would look like. But yeah, no, I haven't had the opportunity to do anything outside of the U S really. Yeah. Well, uh, in dude, we, we don't know, we don't know, but I I'm hearing more and more that there are so many opportunities and I think it'd be super cool if you could tap into, you know, you know, a Spanish language, Spanish language show or, or others. I mean, geez, you look at Brazil and the Portuguese speaking market, India. I mean, there's just so many, different markets that could be blowing up. And I think some of them are. Um, what about as we look and, and we talked a lot about the, the system that you have really zeroed in on, which is creating this visual representation, testing it, pivoting and making sure that you're kind of putting on your science lab coat and your hat and your glasses and you're going to work and you're changing one thing at a time to really figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I'm assuming that part of that is studying the analytics. What are you looking at? What are the things, including, of course, the final metric, which is listens, cost per listen. What else goes into studying the metrics and what platforms are you using aside, if you are, aside from you know Facebook or Instagram? I mean, where else are you getting data from? It's a good question. So a couple numbers that we we all deal with um, across the board when you're buying media on whatever platform, place, radio show, TV show, or on paid social, you, you deal with CPM, cost per thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember why it uh, people called it CPM, but it, that's what it stands for. CPM, I think the M is like Latin for a thousand or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And so anyways, uh, cost per thousand. That's what you're looking for, your CPM costs. So you're looking to drive that as further down as you can, and you're going to drive that down through better creative and better uh, uh, clips. That's how you'll drive that cost per click down. Facebook will show you uh, show your ad uh, to more people if it is a better creative. They want to keep time spent on app. So the longer people watch your video, longer people that watch your creative, the longer they'll stay on platform the better they will reward your ad. And so it'll drive that cost, uh, that CPM down. Uh, then you'll look at cost per, uh, cost per click, right? You'll, you'll look at those things. Um, another uh, piece um, that is a little more technical, uh, again, we'll potentially save this for another day, or this might be actually not even a thing given some updates that we're waiting for. Um, you want to do tracking to listen. So the click is important, 
but then does the person go and hit play on the podcast player platform that you're on? And so that's really, really important. And so mm-hmm. we're using uh, a couple different technologies. I think the main one that we're using right now is Chartable, and we're using Smart Links to uh, collect that data. And I would say that would probably be some of the best technology. Um, we also use, um, we test out uh, web players themselves. So instead of actually going straight to a podcast player, we'll go to a web player. And I'm super, super excited about Simplecast's web player. They provide so much good analytics. You know, Spotify and Apple don't give us, and Google don't give us the data that we really, really want. But the web player gives us everything we want, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're using Simplecasts. They give us so much data on how long people are listening and all all this kind of stuff that's just unbelievable. And so those are some of the numbers and data that we uh, look at and consider. Uh, Okay, that's super helpful, man. And I I love that you're using the smart links and clickable. And then uh, to your point, right, you got Simplecast, which has the, the, the web player which is giving so much more data than you might get from an Apple or a Spotify. Um, I have a couple more uh, topics before we wrap here. And I, I'm so grateful. This has been a just a value-packed session, brother. And so w- we talked a little bit about this, but I don't want to leave any j- juice left in the orange when it comes to creating clickable ad assets, creative. What are some of the, I guess, key... You talked about making them irresistible and you know, uh, you use some really good descriptions, but let's get as, as tactical as we can. What are some other ways if somebody's making a visual representation of their podcast, how do they make it as clickable as possible? What are some other things that work really well? You know, it's a, it's a good question. And, uh, my producer is, uh, on me about, uh, sharing some of this data out. Um, we, we, we've collected a lot of data around different assets um, and different visual representations. Uh, and, and you'd be surprised, man, what what some of these creatives can look like and which ones are actually performing the best and which ones aren't performing as good. It's it's quite surprising as, as you run and test this data. Um, I can give you guys, I'll give you guys one tip um, from a visual standpoint um, that can actually save you money on, on creative and having these uh, sort of uh, motion animators create content for you. Um, there was one creative that stood out to me that really produced really well for a client. I was absolutely shocked um, how well this produced. So what it was, it was um, the it was actually the title of the episode. The title of the episode was "Have You Felt Your Feelings?" That was the mm. title of the episode. And what we did was we took that in really bubbly, uh, fun character, full bolded font um really really nicely designed um with great colors and everything and that was like center mass across the screen it's have you felt your feelings and uh it it had this animation this breathing animation to it it almost looked like the words were breathing it almost looked alive that's awesome Uh, and then there was sort of um little uh mini icons, uh, not icons, little illustrations of things like a little bird would pop up, a little face would pop up. Given what was going on in the podcast, little things would pop up. And that was one of the best assets that performed just really, really, really well. Uh, So that one was interesting. 
Um, but that would cause you to really have to have a really good um, sort of call to that. That's kind of, you would think about that's like a call to action almost, right? It has to have a really, really good call to action. So you have to have a really good episode around that. Yeah. Um, so that was one, one asset that was really, really uh, surprising how well it did. Um, I think you, this question that you asked is just encouraging me further to do a full uh, study on the different types of animation, sort of reporting on the different types of creatives that we use. Mm -hmm. um, where we've, we've actually just bidded on a really big creative project to do a lot more assets for, for, for another company. And I'm really excited to see what that data comes back with so I can really show like the difference between promos, the difference between teasers, the difference between this type of animation, this type of this type of animation. Sure. Um, and we, by the way, we also even tested um, a uh, same uh, same episode. We used uh, the head of the uh, uh, a headshot of the uh, host who's not a famous person, but he's a recognizable. He works for a very recognizable company, and he's the CEO. So it you know people should be able to be like, oh well, that, oh what did he what's he talking about right? Um, and it just didn't perform as well. So we've tested oh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've tested. It goes all back to the Barack Obama principle. If, if when all else fails, you ask yourself, is this Barack Obama or not? And if it's not, just go with something else. Go with motion graphics. Go with animation. <laughs> yeah. Well, but dude, I'm I'm so with you. If you had like a breakdown, like a study on your website, and you had the assets and like how they performed and what you learned, oh, talk about value right there. I'm. Uh, I'm super inspired and, and and glad that this conversation uh, reignited that uh, that spark that already was there. So so quickly as we as we wrap here, I want to get into to myths, misconceptions, and trends, and then we'll close out. Let's start with myths and misconceptions, and and anything that comes to mind as you think about you know people who are maybe new to this space that don't have the the decade plus experience that you have. What are some of the myths or misunderstandings or misconceptions that exist? You know, I'm I'm gonna go right back to how this podcast started, just to reiterate this because if I say this once, you won't listen. If I say it twice, you won't listen. Hopefully, you still probably won't listen if we say it the third time. But really, focus on your show. Focus on the intellectual property of your show. Focus on your what, what value you're going to provide to the world. Unfortunately, um, if your podcast is of the mindset of I just want to inspire people. That is not the best solution to a real problem. Uh, that is probably the 734th solution to a problem. <clears throat> I'm taking that quote from John Lee Dumas. Um, <laughs> and, and so you really want to spend the time working on a really good show. Here's a tip. Uh, something that Gary V, uh, I learned from Gary V a long time ago. He said, the most valuable relationship you will have in your life, it's not your wife, it's not your parents, it's whoever will be brutally honest with you and won't hold back. <laughs> and I have leaned into those people. I have the, I, I can, off of my head, I have three of those people. Um, if I went to my mom and I showed her something, if I went to my dad, if I show him something, if I went to like, Anyone, anyone in my family, mostly to uh, show them something. They just tell me it was great. I'm mm. looking for someone to tell me that it's not 
great and where it's really wrong. And that, and if you know who those people are in your life and you're mad at them, go apologize, <laughs> go talk to them and say, Hey, I'm sorry for reacting that way. When you told me the truth, I just couldn't accept the truth at that moment. Can you, <laughs> can you listen to my podcast episode and tell me if it's any good now? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I love that, man, because it's so true. I think we we tell people what we think they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. And it's very rare where you find somebody who's more than willing to share honest feedback that that might be a bit critical, but is necessary. And I think the only way that you'll continue to evolve and get better in and do what you're talking about, which is create IP that isn't another 733rd of the same old thing, uh, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be treading water to survive. And so you got to figure out ways to get that feedback. So in closing, Julian, curious, give us a little bit of a crystal ball, sharing what you know, what are some of the biggest trends or things that we should be on the lookout for going forward into 2022? Well, uh, you got to be aware of Billy. Billy's the man. <laughs> Making me blush, but thanks, brother. <laughs> so you got to stay, uh, if you're in the podcast, you're planning on having a successful podcast, you're spending time, stay attuned to the news that's happening right now around Facebook. Um, I can't go too deep into what's going on. Um, but as they roll out their player, so they rolled their player. I don't know when this episode will go live, but their player rolled out June 23rd. Uh, so this was a several months ago, given when, when we're recording, um, and, uh, it, it hasn't officially rolled out, rolled out. It was only rolled out to a certain select few percentage of the population. And now it's going to be rolling out to, to the masses as that rolls out. Uh, they're going to be improving their feature set and they're going to improve sort of the features that we have as podcasters to the different tools that we can use. And um, I'm incredibly excited about a particular project that I've been chatting with them about. Uh, hopefully they're listening to me. I, I don't know how, how, how impactful my words are to their team, but hopefully they're listening uh, and they're going to take uh, into account what, what I've sort of suggested uh, they go. And if they do, it's literally going to radically change the industry forever on how podcasts are discovered. Mm, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, put your ear to the ground, be on the lookout, listen, be ready for news, in particular news on the Facebook front. You're bullish, as am I. Can't wait. So for those looking to find more, I know Poppy Digital, that's P-A-P-I, digital.com. Obviously, you're on LinkedIn. That's where you and I connected. I think we also connected on Clubhouse. So Julian, where else can people find you? How can they work with you? Anything that would stand out? I know you got a course coming out. So anything else that would uh, help people find more and learn more from you? Yeah, I would I would definitely add me on LinkedIn. Tell me that you found me on Billy's show. I will add. I'm really selective on who I add on LinkedIn. I just don't want to be mass bombed by people. So just say, hey, I listened to uh, your show with Billy. Add me on LinkedIn. Make sure you follow me on that platform because we are going to be announcing some really, really cool stuff. Um, to your point about uh, potentially showing the data on the different types of creative assets and what performed really well. We're definitely going to be hopefully working on that project now that uh, you've given me more inspiration to do that. And so I would say LinkedIn is probably the best place to follow me. If you want to work with our company and you're interested, obviously, I, we mentioned at the beginning, we do take only certain type of, of clients on that are really needing to make this investment. 
uh, on podcasting. So usually um, you're you're looking at ten to twenty thousand dollars in just investment to get this process going. So if that that is you and you you have a podcast and you're ready to spend that type of money because the show is doing well, I tell everyone your show needs to be doing well without me. If your show is doing well without me, that's that's a litmus test in itself. Mm-hmm. That gives me a good a good start. And uh, you could just go to poppydigital.com. You could fill out the form on our website uh, to work with us. And we'd, we'd love to reach out and have a conversation around that. If you aren't a podcaster who is there yet and they're working, you're working on building your audience, you're working on making your show better, follow me on Growth Hack. That is my, my podcast. But I will be publishing teaser to the course that will be free that you can uh, use. The course won't be very expensive. I'm going to make it affordable for podcasters. I believe in giving back and I want to help out podcasters. And the final offer is if you just need advice and you want me to listen to your show, add me on LinkedIn, say, say, Hey, I want you to listen to my show. Send me your, your favorite episode. Tell me to where to go listen to. I don't want to listen to an hour long podcast and I'll, I'll give you some feedback and I'd be willing to do that for free. I just like to give back and help out those who uh, reach out. So this is Julian and I'm done speaking. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Little clubhouse action. Julian, that was amazing, man. And, and thank you for the offer. Thank you for the work you're doing for giving back. So you heard him. If you have a Keystone episode, one that stands out in a specific part of a Keystone episode, because you know, and asking an hour is a lot to ask. So I'd say find that you know few minute mark that you think would be valuable, where you'd want some feedback. You want somebody who is willing to give you some critical advice and help you get better. I think we can all lift each other up. That's one of the things I love about the podcast community is it's very much a community and everyone supports each other and builds each other up. Julian Espinoza, thank you so much for being on the show. Grateful to you. Grateful for our new and budding friendship. Uh, Until next time, everyone, uh, make it a great one. We'll talk to you all very soon. Take care. 